Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. Hello and welcome everybody whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or listening to us wherever you get podcasts, we appreciate you claiming ballers for joining us. As always, I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy, and joining me, the man, the myth, the thermal thunder. Saul, how are you? Good. Your mic kind of sounds blurry and muffled. What? Blurry and muffled? <laughs> what is that? Crap? It sounds like you're underwater. You're like, hey, 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 how's it going, everybody? Now you're good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that was just because I was introducing you. So uh, yeah, you'll yeah. notice that one of the uh, tripod is not here. Uh, one Dave King is off, as somebody in the chat said, watching the Snyder Cut, which is about 14 hours long. Uh, so he is busy doing that. Now he is uh, off taking care of some personal stuff today so we will uh tip our hats to him and we will move along as uh you know I, before we get into sons uh, the snyder cut mentioned i actually did spend four hours over the last two days watching that uh, do you have any in- interest in in justice league and and superhero Saul? uh no well good because you <laughs> saved yourself four hours of trying to figure out why yeah. they they recut a movie it was better than the original but a long four hours to spend so yeah you know when i was a kid i used to be you know i used to be into those movies and i think somewhere around you know star wars episode like two or three i kind of just started losing you know losing it for for those hero movies and iron man was was good i loved iron man but it was just so many of them. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that type of kid that, that looked at the comic books and stuff like that either. So I was just, I was all about ball. So for, for those of you that are watching on the stream, uh, <laughs> for those of you listening, uh, I have a Batman mug, pretty much every show. Batman is the one superhero that I still uh, love very much. So I, I, I had to watch that, but uh speaking of things, we love to watch the Phoenix Suns uh, had, <laughs> Well, some people love to hate to watch them. They, they, yeah. They, but uh, you know, an interesting week, an up and down week uh, for one of what we still, you know, I still feel is one of the better teams in the NBA. But they struggled with the Minnesota Timberwolves in particular yeah. on Thursday night. They bounced back on Friday, but still not the prettiest of games out there. But so when you look at this team and you you look at the unevenness at times of their performance when it comes to playing the good teams and then playing what you know as a bottom feeder in minnesota what's your read on it and how how much how important does it make now beating the good teams because you've dropped a game to one of the worst teams well i i Dropping a game is not is not a big deal, but the problem is is that you just dropped two meh games this week, and that's not a good thing. You you, you can't have that, especially with the big boys coming up, uh, starting Sunday with the Lakers. You know, uh, it, there there are so many different ways we can go down down this road. Uh, the first the first thing I'm going to say is my biggest takeaway was that DeAndre Ayton needs to play better. 
He just does. He just, you can't have eight points. You just can't. Eight points is not good enough. Not in this league, not ever. Not for a number one pick. And the problem is, is that what you've seen in the last couple of years, obviously Zion Williamson's a freak, whatever. Um, but then this year you have, uh, you know, my man from Minnesota coming over here and just destroying the Suns with 40 plus points. Anthony Edwards in his first game and I'm against the Suns here in Phoenix. And it's just like, dude, that's that's back to back drafts where you have some legit talent at the number one at, at the number one overall pick that is just showing out. Oh, not the number one overall pick. Wow. You know what I mean? Let's let's be fair. An- Anthony Edwards has been inconsistent at best, I think is a, a nice way to put it. I mean, yeah, he was on triple double watch on Friday with eleven point six assists and and 10 rebounds, but it's it's not as if he's been uh, an undisputed superstar uh, like some of the other guys have been. And that's not a that's not a defense of uh, of the way DeAndre Ayton's played over the last week. week isn't half, that is but, isn't that kind of the the way we we always talk about Ayton though? Is that well, yeah, but this guy, this and this guy, this, oh, yeah, yeah. But look, no, one hundred percent. I'm I'm just. I'm just trying to be fair across the board here. It's not that, you know, we, we saw the best of Anthony Edwards on Thursday night. And then we saw on Friday night, uh, the flip side of what he can be. So it, it's not all sunshines and rainbows everywhere else with, sure. with number one picks. But, but I would say this, but, I would say this is an argument. Anthony Edwards in his rookie year has already showed uh, a, a bigger flashpoint than DeAndre Ayton did in his rookie year. Oh, agreed. DeAndre Ayton is not. DeAndre Ayton has never looked like a sexy player. That's part of the problem here. There's no, there's nothing sexy about DeAndre Ayton's game unless you really get it going for for rebounds. Like if your thing's rebounding or uh, or switch defense, which I don't know very many basketball fans are like, ooh, I can't wait to see this. My center get switched onto a guard and watch him play defense. Like nobody gets excited about that. They get excited for 40 point outbursts and big dunks and those kind of things. And, and that's part of it. There's nothing sexy about Deandre Ayton's game. There just, there just isn't. But the other part is he's frustratingly inconsistent, frustratingly. So, and you and I exchanged text messages about this uh, over the last week during games. It's like at at some point you, uh, you look at it and you go, Oh, this this is this is damn frustrating. That's from you and I have been probably two of the bigger supporters in this oh, yeah. uh, podcast oh, yeah. universe. Uh, still, still, uh, am. Of still am, still am. But you know, in the chat, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, you can blame Da, uh, or they're saying that you can't blame Da just for the loss. And I am not just blaming him for the loss. Let me be clear about that. I am exactly what you said. I am frustrated with the inconsistency now. Like it is getting to a point where I'm watching a game and I'm like, I'm pulling my hair out. I'm like, why, 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 why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? You know, eight points is just not good enough. And the game before, you know, he's in foul trouble. And I think, and we'll get to this point later about the refs and and, and Monty and all that stuff. But I just, we need more. And and I'm not even judging him based on where he was drafted anymore. I've, I have long left that go. Uh, basically because of Luca. Luca is the best player in that draft. It's not it's not close. Like if you think it's close then you're sniffing fumes of something, I don't know, but <laughs> DA is a distant distant 
I would even say a distant third behind even Trey Young at this point, just because though at least those two, you know where you're getting every single game. And with DA, you just don't. You, you know you're going to get a consistent defensive effort for the most part from DA. I will give him that. But offensively, just leaves so much to be desired. And I'm and to your point about he's not flashy, Tim Duncan wasn't flashy. And I, I don't care if he's flashy. I just want him to be consistent. I just give me even give me 10 and 10 every night. I would be bitching if he got 10 and 10. Don't get me wrong. But um, but at least I know, okay, at least I know I'm gonna get this. And I don't even feel like sometimes there's games where he has like four points. You're like, what? No. Yeah, something I can pencil in every night and know yeah. I can I can trust in that. Uh you're right. One thing that I'm getting sick of too is the excuse of, well, he can't find a rhythm because of, of the foul. No. I don't care if you if you got fouls. Go out there and play your game. Like the stars don't don't shrink when they when they're in foul trouble. They find a way to play their game regardless of the foul trouble. And you know what? I'd rather have DeAndre Ayton foul out because he's uh, he's being uh, you know aggressive and playing his game than than shrink when when he gets a, his third or fourth foul and be useless. I don't – oh, well, he can't get in his rhythm. No, he, he should be able to still figure that out. And if he fouls out, he fouls out because it, he's been a non-factor when he gets in foul trouble anyways. So what difference does it make? Keep trying to, uh, you know, to get him to score and, and make those moves. Don't, don't just simply – basically disappear because of it there's just, yeah. there's no point in, in that that drives me nuts and people making excuses for in that. the very first matchup against the t-wolves he had 25 and 10 against cat you know he matched cat point for point and took less shots to do it like i thought he outplayed cat in that game these last two definitely not the case um i definitely think cat took advantage of of the whole team like let's get let's be real like they did a lot of um switching um, so when somebody in the chat said, you know, cat dropped 40 on Aiden, that's not even close to right. Not even no. a little bit. No, I think it was like 13 points was actually what came yeah. with Aiden, Aiden guarding him. I, it, it's an oversimplification when you just go, well, look, their big man did this and yeah. it's our big man's fault. That's a, a, a vast oversimplification and not really what happened in these games. But I, I feel like, I feel like this becomes a continual talking point uh, on this show simply because we have yet to see the consistency. And I get it. Uh, you know, somebody in the chat mentioning that, you know, they, they want this, they want DeAndre to be more the Rudy Gobert type, you know, the defensive minded. And I understand when we've talked about that and they're asking that, but that doesn't mean that they don't need him consistent offensively mm -hmm. uh, because if he's a not a complete non-factor offensively it puts more onus on on that bench like you saw on friday night the bench uh you know had to play extremely well you had to have abdel nader uh, and langston galloway and all these guys come in uh, and and carry a larger portion of that load because you're not getting the consistency offensively yes they want him to be the defensive anchor but that does not mean they want him to completely forget about the offensive end or be uh, a, a non-factor on that side yeah i totally agree i, I there, we could go on and on and on about da um you know it, it's just it's just so frustrating i i i can't remember the last athlete <clears throat> that i watched that i was that frustrated by um most of the people that i watch like that i 
do not like watching them play, period. I like DA. I like watching him play. And when he's getting going, it's it's fun to watch, you know, because he's into the game, he's excited, whatever. But I feel like there's a, a part of DA that's been lost in the last three seasons. It's not the same DA that I saw at U of A, that's for sure. Um, this kid played with a lot of emotion and he was hyped. Um, and and right now I feel like that's a subdued version of what we saw at the U of A. And I don't know why, what we can attribute to that. Yeah, people are going to say, yeah, he's young, he's young, he's young. Yeah, sure. So is Luka Doncic. He's young too. Who cares? Like, But Luka's been playing professionally forever, right? So he's not young in basketball years, whereas DeAndre Ayton, you know, to a degree is. And so it's just we need to see more from DA. And, and the reason why there's such a sense of urgency right now about DA is because if you don't make a big trade – well, then D.A. is the missing link. If he doesn't perform, you you might not even get past the first round. It's that simple. Like, it's just that simple. They need a third scorer. They need somebody that can, that can draw a double team. And D.A. does – I'm kind of surprised by this a little bit. He does draw double teams for whatever reason. Like, I, I, sometimes I feel like it's more of the hype around D.A. and the size and the physicality that he has that teams are like, we have to double him. Um, because he hasn't really shown so much that he's a dominant one-on-one player. Yeah. Uh, one, you, you bring up athletes that, that are frustrating. Like I, this is going to be unpopular, but I actually think Kyler Murray's had more success, but I find Kyler Murray almost as frustrating at D as DA at times, because you do know the immense amount of talent and some of the things that, that are done. You go, why, why is this? Why is this not clicking? And I think it is that a lot of that expectation of being a top pick and expecting them to have a major impact on a franchise right away. I think that that is a, a big part uh, of that. Talking about the the big man position uh, again, Friday night watching that game, I found myself thinking this team is still missing something. Yeah. Uh, is that is that a feeling that that you agree with? Because I know some people are adamant. No, no, no. This team doesn't need to make a move. Chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. But there's this last week. There's been multiple times I went. There's just something missing. Uh, a thousand percent. Uh, I, and and maybe they just had a bad week. Okay, I, I'll chalk it up to that. They've they've looked good in other games. But let's be real. There's been several games that they have won against good teams where the good teams were missing players, key players. You know, you, you go up to Portland and they were missing uh, McCollum. You go to the Lakers, they were missing AD. Like, it, oh, they took advantage of that, which they should. They're a good team and they should take advantage of teams that are missing their key players. But, man, whew, watching this, the way everything unfolded on Thursday night, I, I just felt like, oh, man, the, this team is missing that one other piece. It needs that one other piece. I don't know how you're going to get it. I don't know if that means you're going to try and trade, you know, Crowder. It doesn't. I don't know if that means you're going to try and trade, you know, one of your future draft picks. I mean, they don't have very much draft capital, so uh, it's just it, you need that third piece. I don't know how you're going to get it. Uh, Larry Markinen's and a guy that I've been pounding the pavement for this entire time because I just feel like he's going to give you enough consistency from the perimeter as a big um, to make a difference, but. Man, who knows, man? Does that does that solve the issue though? I feel like uh, it might because this uh, starting unit plays very well when Frank plays, and I feel like Markkinen is uh, the evolution of Frank. He's like peak Frank, 
mm-hmm. that, that that you'd want. So maybe that does fix it. It does not give you more uh, physicality uh, or or defense in terms of of the big man position, but it should it would open up things a little bit more because he's going to hit the three more consistently than Crowder. Uh, he's more consistently consistent offensively in, in that way, and 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 definitely will be more consistent than than what you're getting with Frank. But yeah, the, the question does become how exactly do you, do you make some kind of move? Uh, marketing making 6.7, I think. So you have to have to match salaries and there's some ways that you can do it with, you know, fringe guys like Javon Carter and, uh, and the like, but, and, you know, and Jalen Smith, but the, the question becomes, would Chicago do that? Like, what is, you know, uh, would would they actually uh, would they actually consider that? I don't know. Buyout market becomes interesting. Aldridge hasn't been traded. I still, as much as I think the Spurs are trying, I just don't think anybody's going to take on that the the rest of that contract for for this year and try to match salaries. So he may be a guy that gets out on the open market again. Is it a perfect? Uh, fit no but uh, you're not going to get a perfect fit for what the suns are 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 able to give up you know we've talked john collins to death on this show i just i don't think you have enough to even if the hawks are considering dealing him i don't know that you have enough to get at the table because i feel like they want a return for john collins that's not a we're just getting rid of a guy kind of move so Look, they they may have to find those answers internally. Uh, one guy that that hasn't been playing, uh, obviously, and I think it's safe to assume he had COVID since he was was out for so long was Cam Johnson. Uh, how big of an impact do you think Cam Johnson actually has on this team? Because they don't seem uh, as if they play to the level that we've we've expected this year without Cam Johnson. We've only seen a handful of games. I believe it's six, and they're. Uh, at 500 without him, but it seems like something's missing without Cam. Yeah, I would say, I definitely say that. I mean, Cam Johnson came out of the lineup. You lost, you know, a double digit scorer, and, uh, you know, and that helps, especially off the be- bench. You know, he, he does a great job off the bench. And uh, he, in the, the tough part is, is that he was really starting to, to get into the flow of the season in the last, I would say, maybe 10 games that he was playing um, to where you can see, like, oh man, Cam is a, He's a, he's a budgeting star, um, but then he he's out for COVID and uh, or he's just out. I won't even say it's COVID because they haven't never confirmed that. But <clears throat> you know it, it, it's it, it helps when he comes back. But again, like I think there's so, so you know so many fan bases. You know we 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 glorify what we miss, and and so we think that that's the missing link when it comes back, and it will help. But I still feel like they they're they're missing that one extra piece. And there was somebody in the chat that said Crowder, um, just wait until Crowder in the playoffs. That's that's the reason why he's here. And I'm like, okay, but you know, I I like Jay Crowder. I do. I think defensively he's really really good. Um, but there's something there that I'm like, I need a little bit more than I, he's he is to to this point. He has been an absolutely nothing but a three and D player. Uh, I don't even remember the last time he took a mid-range jump shot, let, let alone uh, a layup or a dunk. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, Jay Crowder's if he's not hitting from the outside, ooh, man, it, 
this team does not look pretty at all. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been times where he's just simply D, and that's not that's not what you hire, <laughs> you know, signed him for. I mean, he is shooting thirty eight percent from uh, from three point land, but to your point, he's shooting thirty nine percent overall, which shows you most of his shots have been three pointers this year, and uh, you know, it, it just seems he's another guy inconsistent, which is is frustrating. And and for some reason, when they've gone back to the lineup with him starting, they just don't look as as energetic as as crisp offensively. And it's so weird because it's not as if Frank Kaminsky plays a huge amount of minutes even when he starts, but they just look different at the beginning of games when he when he starts over Jay Crowder. And I don't like the well, just wait till the playoffs. Because if I haven't seen it in in the regular season, I don't know that I can trust it in the playoffs. And there's such a slim margin for error with this team. They can be one of the best, or or they could be a first round exit. And there, it's just a very slim difference between that. And I don't know that I feel comfortable just going. Well, wait for Jay Crowder in the playoffs, you know, because if this Jay Crowder shows up. It's not going to be enough for you. Yeah, just that simple. Kum, I'm going to try and say this, and I'm going to screw it all up. Kumbamba, pretty boy, <laughs> in Portuguese, uh, says, "I really think you you are jumping the gun because we are playing winning basketball, and we are playing basketball winning basketball is all caps. I can't believe you. That should tell you how scary we can be. So chill. I mean, there's a degree there's a degree to that which I would you know I would agree with." Um, you know, obviously we don't come on here on a Saturday morning and not talk about maybe some of the things that could be wrong. Um, and, and I'm sorry, taking a one out of two from the Minnesota Timberwolves, the worst basketball team in the league just doesn't do it for me. So yeah, there's a reason to panic. There's a reason to, to have this kind of these, these thought processes. So, uh, Jay Crowder, you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, especially when you had the opportunity to close the gap between you and the Jazz, uh, to to make make up some ground with other people losing. These are the kind of games you have to win to keep yourself in the in that top four in the West, because you're you're going to have to now stack up wins against good teams too. Where if you take two against uh, against Minnesota, it it makes it a little easier to lose one against a against a really good team because you've got that padding. Like these are the things that look, am I happy with where the Suns are? Hell yes. I mean when you consider where we've been over the last decade, yes, I'm I'm enjoying these games. I'm excited to have winning basketball back. But but the thing is how good that that start was in the first half came with expectations. Because yeah. now the, the Suns are expected to be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And now they sit in third rather than second because of uh, because of the loss uh, against the Timberwolves. It cost them that second seed. But look, that, uh, that's what it comes down to is I my mindset changed from I just want this team to be good and make it in the playoffs to I think this team has the potential to make a Western Conference final run, potentially mm -hmm. get to the finals, maybe shock the world, and that's where my mindset is now. I don't want to fall into the loser mindset, which a lot of people have. Is that you know, 
Uh, they they uh, were okay with mediocrity. Well, not okay with mediocrity. They were frustrated with losing, and now that they're they're okay, it's like okay. Well, that's satisfying. Well, no, I you know we I've been a fan long enough that I don't just want good. I eventually want championship, and we understand how slim those windows are. And if the windows open even a crack right now, I want to see him go for it. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I, it, it, this is why James Jones gets paid right here. Uh, what he's going to do in the next two weeks, or really the next week, uh, is going to determine whether or not this Suns team makes go is going for it and has a chance to win a championship, or we're just going to wait and see and see how this this whole thing plays out. Um, I and there's a lot of money on the line. Let's be real. Let's. I mean, there's a lot of money on the line when we get to the playoffs. Uh, it's much easier to say, well, you know, maybe we won't give DA a max contract if, you know, my, my guy's bringing in eight and five every night. You know what I mean? Like that ain't going to happen. You, you don't pay, you don't pay a max deal to somebody that's, that's barely, uh, getting you, uh, a, a couple points in the playoffs. So, you know, Mikhail Bridges, same thing, like how he plays in the playoffs is going to solidify. Cause I think he's already, he's getting close to a point where, you know, 20, 22 million a year is, is a legit possibility, um, if not more. Uh, and if he comes through in the playoffs and plays even better, uh, it's just that 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 dollar amount just keeps going up and up and up for Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail, to me right now, Mikhail, and this I don't know if this is a hot take or what, but to me right now, Mikhail Bridges has earned himself um, a lucrative contract over DA. He has. Oh, uh, that's not a hot. Yeah. I mean, that's well, not a hot I, take. Well, I think some people. I mean, that's. But that says something. This guy was the number ten overall pick instead of the number one overall pick, and we're talking about how how far he has surpassed. Now, maybe it's because the expectations were far lower for Mikael Bridges than they were for Da, but still, like performance on the court, he's playing very, very, very well. Ironically, I mean, he he's best defensively. He has flashes offensively, but still isn't consistent. Who does it sound like? If I just told you that without yeah, the name, yeah, exactly. You go, oh, yeah. well, you're DA. probably talking about <laughs> DA. But but the thing is, I think you see the growth with Mikhail Bridges. Like it's not two steps forward, one step back. Like you see a consistent growth with Mikhail this year. It's not just sitting outside the three point line. He's cutting to the rim. He's doing things uh, that that are making it look like maybe he's not just a guy that you have to run a play for, for him to get offense. He may be able to, to make his own shot, create his own shot. I think that's the difference here. And I agree. I'd invest long-term in Mikhail Bridges being a very important part of this future over, he, over DA right now. Do you think Mikhail is a max player? Not, Would you pay him not, five years, 150 plus 158, I think million for his services his first contract i don't think he'd be i don't think he'll be max i think the second he'll he'll get there i think he'll be close i think it'll be i think it'll be in that 20 range probably that 18 to 20 range in the first uh it, but i think eventually he'll work his way into that max range you know but i again i don't think he's sean marion yet i think that still does a disservice to the matrix when uh, when you say that, but I can see a path where he becomes that guy. He becomes the third most important player uh, on your team, arguably the second on some nights, but still doesn't get paid the way he should just because of uh, of the way it uh, 
it plays out, you know, just because you're going to have to pay your two, your two big stars, your, your big offensive guys more. He, he actually reminds me, I know a lot of people like to say Sean Marin just because of the Phoenix bias, but um, he actually reminds me a little bit more of Scotty Pippen. To be honest with you, I can see that. Um, right? You know, especially in the in the early '90s when Scotty was playing with the Bulls, and he wasn't necessarily like the other go-to scorer because they had, you know, they had John Paxson, they had, you know, Cartwright down low, and a bunch of other guys, you know, assets. So uh, Pippen just played his role and and was one of the best de- uh, versatile defensive players in the league. <clears throat> and that's that's what I see in Mikel Bridges. I see him as the ultimate role pay- uh, player. Uh, he can score. He can shoot from the outside. He d's anybody up, and uh, I, you know, I, I love Mikael Bridges. I really do. Uh, I, I still on a nightly basis am wowed by his arms, <laughs> like just how long those things yeah. are. The catches he can make. Uh, you they know, never, they never stop. They just keep going. And it's like there's there's these just crazy, uh, you know, passes that look like there's no business him getting, and. Boom! Out of the air, he's he's you know not even jumping, just sticking his arm up. He's getting it. Like th- those are those are factors that you know are those intangibles that make him make him special just because of the the physical assets. Would I like to see him bulk up a little bit? Sure, I think everybody would. I think that's the difference. When you say Pippen, it's not quite the body type there. You know, it's like it's like Scotty Pippen on a vegan diet. Like if we want to go back to, well, Scotty used to be scrawny diet. though. Scotty used to be very, yeah. very scrawny. Like go back to the, go back to the late eighties and you'll see Scotty was not, you know, Scotty was Mikhail. I, I All promise right. you I'll, that. I'll go, maybe I'm, maybe it's biased because most of what I remember is the, those nineties runs. So I'll go back and I'll go back and look. So I will take a look at Scotty. Hey, let's, uh, before we get into some of the money stuff, let's take a look at something positive for the week because I think the chat feels as if we are uh, going a little negative. So let's go with a, a positive. It is time for our manscaped smooth baller of the week. Yeah, buddy. I feel. We'll need a voiceover, but our Manscaped Smooth Baller of the Week is Langston Galloway in the three games this week. He shot 75%, 67% from three-point land, had 30 points in 52 minutes of play. I I still don't understand how you don't give this guy more playing time, more run, because this is just what he does when, when he gets minutes. He scores at will. Uh, there's nothing smoother than uh than a, a player like this he is definitely the smooth baller of the <laughs> week if you'd like some smooth balls you can head over to manscaped.com our friends over there use the promo code flaming ballers for 20 percent off your entire order and free shipping that's right if you want to be as smooth as a ken doll you can uh even head over <laughs> To manscaped.com. All right. Flaming ballers for 20% off. There's no Knicks here. You know, you're not feeling the heat. You know, you can be a trailblazer by going over there and and getting, uh, you know, their one of their fantastic products. My favorite, the performance package, because when you want to perform well, you got to have smooth balls. And that's what (laughs) Manscaped is going to help you with. And, uh, you know, one of the the cool things in that package is you get some free boxers and uh, they sent us a pair of the. They, they sent us a pair of those, and uh, you know they, they're much like the flaming ballers, they support us in uh, in amazing ways. I got to tell you, tell you oh, that man. much. You know, this is this is not. Uh, you, you're just using all the puns right now. Go hey, ahead, keep going, man. Keep that's going. What this is for like, look, hey, you know, 
this isn't like sticking some scissors down there near the bad boys, right? You don't uh, uh you, you don't want to be doing that. This is like uh, this this is like using the the Cadillac of uh of equipment down there. It is. You know, it is. Like I I've I've I'm just going to full disclosure, I've used many many different products and this is by far by far the best. Uh, you know, it has a like a, a nick preventing technology at the top of the rim, and uh, and their Wait. their third version is uh, is actually really really cool, and it's a, it's a nice easy shave. Just Wait, the the NBA has had that nick uh, prevention on the on the rim as well for decades. Uh, that's uh, the way as bad as the Knicks have been uh, playing uh, until this year. So uh, look, look, hey. It, you don't want your balls to be flaming like our chat, right? You want the, those bad boys to be smooth and comfortable. And I got to tell you that Manscaped, the sprays, the trimmers, they can they can take care of you. And, uh, and we're here. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, G, Ryan G in the chat says, it sounds like you guys have a damn jungle. <laughs> I am Italian. So uh, so take that as you will. If you... If you want your boys to look like you've got Adam Silver upside down in your underwear, <laughs> use Manscaped. All right, that that's not, what you got to do. That's, 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 not, that, that's not the way to sell this there, Espo. Use, use the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. And as always, I want you to know, uh, you know I am willing to open the prize closet for you, the Flaming Ballers, if you take this offer you send me proof of purchase via twitter or elsewhere uh i don't know you can fax it to me for all i care uh i will open the prize closet i have plenty of autograph merchandise yeah, uh, some cool things for my time with the team and i'm willing to share some of they, that with anybody that takes uh takes just this offer. just just so all we we all know okay you know, every, every now and then you're out there and you're doing your business, you're you're shopping with the wifey or whatever. You come back home and, you know, maybe you're just not as fresh as you were when you first took a shower in the morning. They got this spray that kind of refreshes your whole thing. It's phenomenal. So I'm just going to yeah. throw that all out there. Yeah. If you want to be as smooth as uh, as Chris Paul in the mid range, head over to Manscaped. Yeah. Use a promo go. code. We appreciate you. No, Buck Dog, I do not need photographic proof of purchase after you buy Manscaped. <laughs> Show me the receipt or something. All right. Uh, yeah, just a receipt, not, not anything else. Please do not slide into my DMs with anything else uh, other than, than a receipt. Uh, that is, uh, let's make that very lot, clear. There's, there's been a lot of DM issues in the athletic world this week, and we don't need any more. So let's yeah, uh, stay away from all that stuff. Yeah. So don't, don't, no matter how smooth you are, do not slide into my DMs. Thank you very much. Uh, let's talk about something that wasn't exactly smooth uh, on Friday night. It was the refereeing and uh, <sighs> one Monty Williams. Uh, Monty said after the game, he had never been, uh, <laughs> had never ejected. been thrown out of a game. Had never been ejected. Well, he got his money's worth uh, when he he got run on Friday night, and I actually liked to see it because when you see somebody like Monty Williams go to that right, uh, when you go to that level, when you're that frustrated, and and everybody's like, whoa. Monty Williams, one of the nicest guys in the world. What? How do you throw him out? What? What did he have to say? Or, or how bad are the refs? He got his point across with that, and I love that. Uh, is the fact that when a coach like Monty Williams goes nuclear, that sends a message to his team that I got your back. 
I understand how bad this refereeing is, but you need to get your head in this game. And after he got tossed, they went on a, a 21-12 run. It was kind of a turning point where, uh, yeah, they had a few ups and downs, but that was where it kind of felt like the Suns were going to win the game on Friday night. Uh, how bad were the refs and how surprised were you that Monty got tossed? Um, I think this was long, long, long overdue. Uh, and the fact that Monty hasn't got – I'm going the opposite way again, uh, uh, on this one. Like, I love Monty. I think he's a great coach. But this should have happened, like, when Devin Booker got ejected. Because uh, it's just – the Suns have been getting railroaded by the refs. They just absolutely have. And I don't know if it's a combination of, you know, bitching and complaining for every single call. You know, like, Devin, come on, be real. Devin complains just about every single call. But there's a lot of other – LeBron does the same thing too. You know what I mean? But I think the way that they they argue and complain is a little different. And, uh, and, and, and I just feel like Monty should have stepped up a long, long time ago because as a player, okay, as a player, if you know your coach has your back, you don't feel the need to constantly have to defend yourself all the time. But if, if coach is quiet over there, he doesn't say too much, or he's like, you know, just stay in the game, Devin, just stay in the game, or whoever, you naturally just want to defend yourself and be like, well, shit, I feel like I'm on this island all by myself, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna yell at the ref and be like, hey, you missed that call, or you did this, or you did that, or whatever, because we're getting hosed. You know, these same calls at the other end that you're calling for Minnesota, the worst team in the NBA, but down here on this end, you got an all-star that's going to the bucket getting just manhandled no call it's bs absolutely bs and so yeah. you have to stand up for yourself money did that maybe that's going to calm everybody else down a little bit like hey don't worry guys i got your back i will defend you just stay in the game and worry about what you can con you can control that's like yeah, three I, square jars, by the I, way. I i i certainly believe that the Suns are being hosed in different area codes uh, this, this season. It doesn't matter whether they're playing at home or on the road. Thanks, the refs, uh, yeah, You're welcome. Uh, the refs <laughs> seemed to uh, to have no respect for this team, and I, which is weird to me because I thought when you landed Chris Paul, that would change. Chris Paul has always seemed like the guy that, uh, that knew the rules so well, could find ways and, and wound up winning over the refs over, over time, right? And it, it just, that hasn't even come to fruition. Even one of the greatest point guards of, uh, of all time isn't getting the respect. And you're probably right. Monty probably should have done this earlier, but it's so out of his nature that I'm just glad he did it at all. Because it, it's surprising to me at all that he, he did it. I didn't think we'd get here. Uh, you know, I, Sure. Unless, in I mean, because we, yeah, to your point, we've seen we've seen Devin get tossed, and and when usually when a coach does this is when his star gets that first technical, the coach steps in and, and takes the next right to protect mm -hmm. his guy to make sure his guy doesn't get uh get thrown out, and so it's it's just it's just weird to me. A buck dog in the chat says, "Is it the server factor?" I don't know. Do refs really? hate owners that no, much i don't I, think no, so. I can i can i can understand other uh, owners being frustrated the league but i don't see refs going well this is robert service team time to time to screw them every time we see them <laughs> like i just i i don't see refs actually thinking through that you know 
Yeah, I, 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 that's a new one for me, Buck Dog. You caught me off guard with that one. The Sarver factor. I, I don't, I can't recall. There's not very many owners in the league that sit courtside anymore. Um, Sarver's one of the few, uh, but. I don't know. I, I guess I, he sounds just like a fan to me. Like, first of all, if you're a referee, okay, and you're listening to the crowd, you've already lost, dog. You've already lost. Like, yeah, you know, I've refereed. I've refereed in college. I've refereed in high school. Like, the minute the fans know that you're listening to them, you're totally effed. Like, it's oh. never. It, it's not going to be good. So, if you're listening to Robert Sarver next to Larry Fitzgerald in the first row. Uh, yeah, we got bigger problems than just the owner. Look, it's an interesting point though that I hadn't thought of, and and the the refing has been suspect around the league this year. I mean, oh, I think God, we obviously focus in on the Suns be because that's what we watch on a regular basis. But do you think there's a factor in that with so many fewer fans, it is actually easier to hear the criticism? Oh, a million percent. It, it, and is that do these refs have such thin skin in some cases? I'm not gonna paint the brush broadly, but in some cases, do these refs have such thin skin that having fewer fans in the building and being able to hear said fans fairly clearly is that weighing on them and helping lead and being able to hear the players better too, right? Because you're well, not having a deafening crowd, you're gonna hear a player say something to you. A lot better than you're going to when when there's you know twenty thousand fans cheering in there. Sure, um, I, I'll say it like this: uh, when I was refereeing basketball in Colorado, this is back in 2013. One of the things that they would tell us is there's a foul on every play, and the foul is always on the defense for the most part. So every time there's a play, you need to look at the defense to see if there's going to be a foul um, committed. And I just thought, damn, like. As a player, I don't agree with that at all. Like sometimes it's just, you know, it's just balling and, and it's incidental contact. And I don't think incidental contact warrants a foul every single time. And and I I always wondered, are the people that are coming through the system right now, the referees that are coming through the system, is this the stuff that they're kind of being told as well? And when they get to the league, they don't understand like this is professional basketball. Millions of dollars are on the line every single game. You do not blow the whistle like you're in the freaking YMCA rec league on a Saturday morning with 10-year-olds playing, you jackass. Like, and I think that's part <laughs> of the problem. Uh, jackass is not a cuss word. It depends on who you talk to. No, you're, you're a jackass. <laughs> well, this is true. We've never denied so, that. So I, I, I think there's a little bit of rabbit ears going on by the refs. Uh, you know, you got to get out of your feelings. Hey, sometimes Devin Booker might be like, that's a bullshit call. Cool. Let him say that. Who cares? That's not hurting you. You can tell him, well, I saw this. I saw this. And he'll respect you for it. If you tell, talk to him like a man, well, hey, maybe if you stop pushing him all the way to the hoop, I wouldn't call that. But you did, Devin. There it is. It's on you. And I think the old school refs used to do that very, very well. It's like they would, you know, they would have agendas because, you know, Player X would just not stop. He would just bitch, bitch, bitch the whole game. And then, you know, finally they just had it, you know. So, uh, you know, Joey Crawford is one of those guys. That, you, you know him. <laughs> uh, so 
I, I'll say jackass doesn't count, but how about BS and it's full form? Does that swear count as a swear jar? We need rules on the swear jar <laughs> and a graphic that comes up when one of us does it. That's uh, that's where we need to get to. Uh, I I feel like so. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I am I am very concerned with the fact that that we have people uh, have refs that seem to have uh, an itchy technical finger because. Uh, as we've learned when it comes to the playoffs, referees and the Phoenix Suns, nothing good ever comes of that. And if we have, if this is happening in the regular no. season, I am terrified of what's going to come in the playoffs with this. And, and Monty Williams losing his mind isn't going to fix that. Uh, you know, this may, this may be, he may have thought, you know, uh, that it, it will help get some respect in the short term. Uh, but I, I don't know. Hey, big thanks to Long John Silver 85 for becoming a, a flaming baller. We appreciate you joining uh, the crew here. You can uh, join the crew and do what Long John Silver 85 did. If you're listening uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, click that join button, become a flaming baller. Very, a uh, bunch of different uh, tiers that you can join there. So we really do appreciate you when you support the show and it is time for the best. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Be before we do that, before okay. we do that, I had to stop you for a second because I just wanted to show what I was talking about earlier with uh, Mikhail Bridges. I've been searching for this for a while. <laughs> so so here you go. Scotty Pippen. There he is. Look how scrawny okay. he is in his rookie year. So okay. That's Mikhail Bridges that's right fair. there. That is Mikhail Bridges that's right fair. there. I'll give you that. Uh, I, I will give you that. That does that was very. Before you much got yoked up and got to the gym. That's it. That's, so let's get let's get uh, a Mikhail in the gym, as as well. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the best segment in podcast. Not just Suns podcast. Every podcast. It's Espo's big board, and it is very much in line with what we were just talking about today's big board. And no, there's no graphics on this one. This is just going to be a verbal big board. It's the top things that Monty Williams may have said to the refs yesterday to get himself tossed. All right. First oh one. God. I talked to your wife before the game and she said, your genitals are on the other side of hard. Oh, I think they get you tossed, right? Oh my gosh. Maybe he needs some manscaped. <laughs> I think, I think that would get you tossed. Now here's a number two. We'd be happy on the farm, but we just realized there's a jackass on it. <laughs> No, look, see, even I knew that wasn't a swear jar word. I had it in the in the big board here. Yep. Here's another one. Uh, hey, can you help me out? I really want to go check my bracket. I know we've all been, uh, it's March Madness, and Monty may have just wanted to see how he was doing in the bracket pool. So he asked Maybe. to get run, right? And then, uh, and then the final one, my guys really hate losing, but they hate you even more right now. Those are the top reasons Monty Williams may have gotten run. I just don't see Monty Williams saying anything too egregious. I feel like they'd all be kind of like those sayings that he has and uh, and and semi nice, but the ref just got kind of pissed off. <laughs> Sons dog twenty four immediately. I miss Dave. <laughs> it's good to know that Dave's burner account is Sons dog twenty four. <laughs> Oh, well played, Sun's Dog. Well uh, played. Raw, I think that's how you pronounce it. And the chat says, laugh out loud. Espo's pick from 15 years ago uh, on the graphic for Espo's big board. We, we, we do need to update that thing. That's actually only a four-year-old picture, but that's what happens when you become a father. You age exponentially in those true. first few this years. This is very true. 
Yes. So yeah, yeah. I also miss Dave. If if that makes you feel better, uh, no stat me, Dave. Obviously, yeah. because uh, Dave's not here. Although we should have. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, so dog forty four. No, I'm not Dave. I'm ten years younger. So you're forty four. Okay. So uh, <laughs> uh, we will give you. Give you that, and I actually think I, I was close on, on that math. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, I miss Dave today too. It, it's always fun to have him around, and as a third, as a third uh, part of this tri trifecta, I think uh, he's he's always missed when he's not here. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, good luck uh, this weekend, buddy. If you're watching, <laughs> uh, big game coming up on Sunday. I know we usually don't like to spend a whole lot of time. Also, also, Sun's dog is very fun at parties. Just, just <laughs> so so not a fan of stat me day. <laughs> okay. Well, Rick Johnson wants a stat me Saul or stat me anyone. <laughs> Shall we stat each other? Buck Doug wants to know. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you guys make, you guys make this show fun. You know, yeah, without you do, the chat, it sure. would just be uh Saul and I pathetically talking to each other. So we do appreciate. You know what? You Somebody in the chat had asked, I would like to see stats of Scottie Pippen versus Mikhail early in the early part of the career. And you know what? Next week, I got you. I got you, baby. I'm going to do that. Right. Maybe right. we, we will have a stat me Saul next week. No, we don't need a stat me Saul. No, no. we'll be good. Uh, we did have a question that came in via... Uh, email at mailbag at solarpanelpod.com. You can always hit us up there uh, or on social at Suns Solar Panel on Twitter and Instagram. Always happy to answer your questions. Garrett, a uh, familiar emailer to the show, wants to know, uh, what do the Suns have to do to stop losing games when they have a large lead? Uh, what is something the Suns need to learn and what steps can they take to prevent these things from happening? These losses hurt more than regular losses. And I think it's a good point. It's not It's not that you're just losing close games, you're blowing leads. So what do you think uh, is the answer to Garrett's question? Well, that's, um, that's, that's part of the learning process for a lot of teams. And you have a young team for the most part outside of Chris Paul. Um, Devin Booker, uh, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre, like the, these are your guys that have had less than six years in the league and it takes a little bit of time. Uh, there's there's a there's a, a process where you start to identify when things could go wrong in a game. And if you haven't been through that process too many times, you don't you, you can't recognize the process. And I think the Suns are finding that out that when they're up by 15 in the NBA, that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. It just doesn't like you have to keep playing. You have to keep playing. Monty's told them this. It, but it's different when you when you're going through it and you're feeling it and you feel the momentum being lost and you need a bucket or you need somebody to stem the tide. Um, sometimes it's hard to identify that, and that's just part of the their learning curve for this team. They'll get over it at some point. Every team in the league has had these problems. Uh, it's 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 a largely NBA thing that will never go away. Um, it's not like they were up by 30 and blew the lead, but, um, you know, we've seen something close to that this year. And, uh, you know, once you identify that and you move on and you're, you start to learn more about yourself and you find out who the players are that you can depend on, who can get you a bucket no matter what, because sometimes the guys that you depend on like Devin Booker against the Nets, um, maybe they're not there. So you got to find other solutions, <clears throat> Deandre. Um, and that's what, that's why those, those, those exterior pieces are so important to the long-term prospects of this team. Well, you're right. Uh, runs are a big part of, of today's NBA and, and 
it, no lead seems safe in most uh, uh, in most situations, right? Uh, you're going to see an ebb and flow in that lead, but the the thing here is the Suns need to learn how to stem that tide. You have a 15 point lead. Okay, it gets down to eight, but when you let it get down to five, three, or below the lead overall, that's when it's problematic. And some of this is coaching. You know, a well-placed timeout can can help in certain situations to stop a team's momentum. Uh, defensively, lately, at least since after the All-Star break, it seems like uh, the Suns have suffered from some lapses uh, defensively, which I think could be mental, you know? Rao, uh, Ra- oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, was just, I, I just think that can be mental, that you're not fully locked in as well. Yeah, Rao in the chat, uh, I don't know if this is his attempt to sh- at shade, but says, Saul, Suns have the sixth oldest roster in the NBA. Uh, when you add in Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, that's automatically going to age you a decade. Uh, and then in, in the core pieces of this Suns team – and the core pieces would be D.A., Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. Those four are not old and they're, no. by any stretch of the imagination, all because you have a bunch of guys on the bench that are, have been in the league for quite a while with Langston Galloway and Nader and um, Kaminsky. You know, like that doesn't mean – that doesn't mean anything. The irony is Kaminsky was drafted the same draft as Booker. That's true. It just That's true. seems like he's he's older, you know. It just uh you know, it it just feels like that. I, I think it's you know, inexperience at some point uh, can only be a crutch for so long. At, at some point they need to uh, they it needs to click, right? And I think that sometime is here in this uh in this back half of the season. You're you've been winning long enough this uh <laughs> lately so i think that's part of it look uh this week's laps could very well have to do with the fact that they did trade an all-time great in cash considerations and uh you know sometimes when you trade a guy like that you have a lapse and i i'm gonna chalk up thursday's game against minnesota to the fact that they were just missing uh the legend cash considerations hmm well, so, yeah. nothing, nothing to add to uh, a bad joke. Well, that's all right. well, well, cash considerations is um, that was a sad moment. Was, <laughs> I, I had to take a moment right there to to kind of reflect on sure, what he sure. meant to this organization and this sure, team. We'll go so. with we'll go with that. Maybe they'll put <laughs> maybe they'll put him in the digital ring of honor so they can flip it over and uh, put a Wendy's ad up uh, right after. They after sold they, him uh, for Bitcoin. Out. What are you talking about? <laughs> a, J, a JPEG. Ooh. Bitcoin considerations, <laughs> NFT considerations. I'll there take you any go. Of those. The new age cash considerations. That would be a uh, that would be interesting. I did see that the Oakland A's are now accepting Bitcoin for uh, uh, for a suite at their stadium. You can pay in Bitcoin. So oh. welcome, welcome to the new world order. I I did see the NBA Top Shot craze. Have you gotten into that at all, Saul? I have not. I still don't even understand it. <laughs> I saw somebody created a sarcastic website called NBA Low Shot, and it was all just supposedly really bad plays that you could buy uh, via NFT. <laughs> and I actually am all in on that. I would like love Sam to Decker dribbling down the court and kicking <laughs> the ball out of bounds. Frank Kaminsky doing the goggle eyes on the bench, like just <laughs> I pay for. I pay good money for an NFT of that stuff. I'm uh, I'm totally in. Uh, on that so yeah i just uh, you gotta love the creativity out there i think that's uh that's everything for this week here 
on the show. Uh, make sure to check out our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the uh, code FlamingBaller. Save 20% on your full order and free shipping because, you know, your balls deserve it. So you might as well take care of them. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know where else to go. I just, I just, I have so much love for the bad puns when it comes to, uh, to manscape. So I think it's just time you, to learn. I think you puns. used up the entire allotment oh, in the no. last segment. So are uh, you, are you, are you kidding? I will have a whole new, new, uh, list of them for next week's show. And we will continue to the midweek stimmy, the audio edition when we do our, uh, uh, when we do our flaming baller mail sack, I will have plenty of new ones for you. Uh, so I'm just going to make an executive decision. Say we're going to do that midweek stimmy on Thursday, just in case they make any trades. So uh, Thursday midweek stimmy, uh, one of us will. One it of will us will. It'll, it'll be a, a a trade deadline special. How about yes. that? Which uh, and maybe know. we'll go live. Yeah, maybe if they make a big trade, we will uh, just don't tell my bosses at my day job. But if they make a big trade, sure, we'll go live. Why not? Well, how about I'll go live and you guys can I, watch. I work from <laughs> home. I'll, uh, you know, so I, uh, I will do the sun's dog. Manscaped commercials should only last 10 seconds. If you're only lasting 10 seconds, call your physician. Is uh, what I have to say. Uh, and on that note, uh, I appreciate all you, the flaming ballers in the chat. If you want to follow us, you can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because the Saul is very ashamed that the Bookman enjoys my uh, Manscaped jokes. I am at Espo on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Sun Solar Panel. You can email us Sun or mailbag at Solar Panel Pod dot com uh for dave who is not here this week and saul i'm greg esposito we'll talk to you next time here on the sun solar panel ahoy hoy barkley 20 footer yes over the time oh! Oh! shot in the air it's good oh, 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 oh. What? finds the ball barkley puts it up there's a count it's Shake it down!